Hello and welcome to the Mindset Coach Podcast, the show where coaches and coaches-to-be tune in to learn how to integrate mindset coaching tools and neuroscience-based techniques into their practice and grow and scale a coaching business they love. Each week, I'll be sharing easy-to-implement tips, case studies, and business strategies that you can use right away to transform your own mindset and the mindset of those you coach. I'm your host, Lara Young, founder of the Mindset Coach Academy, author of 52 Adventures to Change Your Life, award-winning business owner, coach, and coach trainer. Tune into this podcast each Friday, free on all the podcasting apps, and click to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember, mindset is everything. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode, all about the seven beliefs that lead to procrastination. So let me ask you this. Have you ever put something off that you know needed to be done or that you wanted to do? Have you ever procrastinated? If you're like most people at some point in your life, or maybe even very regularly, you do procrastinate about the things that need to happen in your life, in your business. So I'm going to share with you today seven beliefs that pretend to be helpful, but actually may be holding you back from taking action, making goals happen and your dreams come true. So let's dive right in. And as we go through, just to make a note of the ones that perhaps you have that you hold that you can change so that you can be taking action rather than procrastinating on the things that you want to achieve. So the very first one is I must not fail. Now, this is an interesting one, and this can be aligned with a fear of failure. The belief is I mustn't fail. If this doesn't work out, if this isn't successful, then I'm a failure. It's a complex equivalence, and it's not true. (laughs) And it can also come across as I've got one chance at this. I can't mess it up. So when you believe that there are negative consequences in failing, the likelihood is that you won't even start the project. You won't join the gym, you won't enroll on that program or sign up for that dating site. So this is interesting, isn't it? Because when we go into something thinking that we mustn't fail, our focus is on the potential of failing, of not succeeding at that thing. And so then we don't take action because if we don't take action, we protect ourselves right? If we don't even try, if we don't even start the thing, if we don't even take those first steps, well, then we we don't have to uh, risk failing or not succeeding. And so this is a really interesting one and it's a good one to reframe and you can reframe the belief of I must not fail as I can learn or I am always learning new ways of succeeding. And of course, one of our presuppositions of neuro-linguistic programming is that there is no failure, there's only feedback. So as we go about tasks that we want to achieve, as we go about joining that dating site, starting to go out on dates, meet new people, as we start that new program, as we try that new recipe, there is no failure, there's only feedback. As we go through, maybe things don't go well on that first date. Maybe the souffle doesn't rise. That is feedback about what you can do differently next time. And that's really, really powerful. So the second belief is it must be perfect. 
And again, this is a very common one and perhaps it resonates with you. So are you someone who keeps tinkering around the edges of a project because it's got to be just right before you release it out there? Do you delay getting an offer out, a sales page, a social media post because it has to be perfect, whatever perfect is? So many people spend so much time wasted, time wasted, they waste time looking for the perfect image to go with that Facebook post or that Instagram post, to choose the perfect word to describe a situation. And your strive for perfection, it ends up in paralysis and nothing gets done. And so this can be incredibly limiting and it can lead to huge procrastination because what is perfect anyway? And I wonder whether in some instances you can start to try on when it's 70% or 80% or 90% there, I will release it. I will let it go. I will get it out into the world so that at least it is out there getting feedback so that then you can make changes as necessary. I want you to think about what is it that you're holding on to that you think, oh, it's not quite right. It's not exactly right. It's not quite perfect yet. I can't let it out there. What is something that you're doing that with? It could be a website. It could be an offer, a coaching offer that you've got. It could be a, a um, you know, a retreat maybe that you're wanting to offer. It could be um, a even a lead magnet. It could be a free thing that you're resisting putting out there because you think, oh, it's not quite right. The font's not quite right. The image doesn't quite go. Whatever that is, I want you to finish it, finish it today and then get it out into the world. Now, the next thing is I must know everything before I begin. Now, this is really crippling and I see it time and time again. And perhaps this resonates with you. You know, I'll just read one more book or I'll just, you know, take part in one more free challenge or get one more qualification. The reality is that you are never going to know everything before you start. You are never going to have all the knowledge in the world before you begin that task, that project, that work that you really want to do. Now, look, I love knowledge. I love learning. I train coaches for a living. It's what I do. It's what I love. And, you know, some knowledge can be gained through Googling or reading or theorizing. But for me, so much more is gained when you take action, when you do the thing and you gain experience of doing it so that you can adjust your course, you can navigate, you can look at those little feedback, you know, look at feedback and make those changes. You can learn on the job. You can learn as you go. And so I must know everything before I begin can become, I will learn when I begin. Once I start, I will start the learning process and I can make changes as I go. Really interesting. And if this is you, if you have got a shelf full of courses that you've bought and not looked at, then before you do anything else, I want you to go and have a look at your gaps. What are the skills that you know that you need to develop, that you really want to develop? And then look back at all the courses you've purchased in the past, all the free things you've downloaded and all the books that are sitting there on your shelf accumulating dust about that subject. And I want you to work through them before you do anything else, before you buy anything else. Um, And make sure, of course, that whatever the program is that you're dusting off, whatever that book is that you're dusting off, it gives you practical experience, that it's experiential. At the Mindset Coach Academy, of course, our coach training is very, very practical. 
It is all about immersing yourself in coaching, in coaching using different modalities. Uh, You have the theory, you receive the information that you need in order to be effective at it. But the way we really develop is by doing, is by actually using that tool, that technique with a real client. And we also learn by being the client as well. And we learn again by observing that interaction. And so I really want you to think about how much you do know already and just taking that existing knowledge and moving forward, taking action, not procrastinating because you think you need more information. Start and then see what happens. The fourth one is I must have help. It's not fair I have to do this by myself. You know, my two girls, my two daughters, I have an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old. When we, when I ask them to clean up um, the garage, for example, which is where they have a lot of their toys, they'll say, why isn't she helping? I'm not starting until she gets here as well. Now, sometimes even as adults, this can be crippling when we believe that we need help. We need a second opinion before we make a decision or we want advice all the time. And that's another form of procrastination. Thinking to yourself, it's not fair. I have to do this by myself. Now, sure, you can outsource, you can get appropriate help that you need, but actually waiting and relying on someone else to get started is just another form of procrastination. Waiting to make that decision, waiting until you know someone else can tell you what to do is just another form of procrastination. Now, interestingly, the fifth belief that can hold us in procrastination is that I must do it my way and I can't be told how to do things. So we can often put off things if we feel like we're being told what to do, if we don't feel like we've got the freedom to choose how the thing gets done. And it's interesting because even though we'll have a process laid out before us, then we're like, we resist it. (laughs) Even though it's tried and true, right? This is how you do it. This is how you go from A to B. For some of us, we resist that. Okay, because we want to be able to do it our way. We don't want anyone else telling us. Think about if you've ever bought flat pack furniture, right? There's different types of people, different ways that we approach it. So some people will get out the instructions and they'll lay out all the bits uh, out of the box. They'll get all the screws out. They'll get the Allen key out and they'll put everything in order and they'll follow the instructions to the letter and then they will have the desired result. They'll have the bookshelf, for example, built. Maybe they'll have a couple of screws over or whatever and think, oh my gosh, (laughs) where were they meant to go? Um, If you've ever bought Ikea, you'll know exactly what I mean. Um, And there's other people who think, well, I don't need the instructions. I've got a pretty good idea about how to do it. I'm not going to follow the instructions. You don't need the instructions. And It's interesting, isn't it, how we approach things in a different way. And think about it. Are you someone who resists being given that assistance, being shown exactly how to do something in a process that works because you want to come up with your own way, because you resist being told what to do? Or uh, are you someone who just thinks, right, that's made my life easier I'm going to follow the instructions because I know I'm going to get a result. Now, look, that's not to say that there are times in our lives when we 
absolutely need to do it our own way and that we want to be innovative and creative. We want to add some raspberries into that chocolate cake mix and see what happens. Um, We want to think about new ways of developing programs, of coaching our clients, um, of combining different modalities. Absolutely we do. There is real benefit though, isn't there, in when we want to get started in having that foundation that is familiar to us, that we know works, that is tried and tested, that is a proven way to help in the coaching example, your clients get results, that there is a proven way to create the perfect, to make the perfect brownies, that there is a proven way to build that bookshelf that we've just bought from Ikea. So is the desire to do it your own way holding you back in some way? Is it leading to procrastination? Want to learn more about how you can become a certified mindset coach? Head on over to our website, www.mindsetcoachacademy.com forward slash coach certification, and you'll find all the information that you need along with a button to book a call with me to talk about how you can become the best coach you can be. Number six is I must have these exact conditions in order to succeed. Now, this belief has a fair bit of control in it, right? So it's interesting because you often hear people say, and perhaps you say this to yourself, you know, oh, look, I work so much better when I'm under pressure. I work so much better when I've got a deadline. I have to have my office set up exactly right. Oh, the temperature in this room is too cool. That chair's not comfortable. I'm not wearing the right clothes. I don't have the right equipment. And we often see this showing up as things like, I can't start until I've got my logo or I've decided on my font or my brand colors or I've got a website. And those things actually lead to procrastination. They lead to inertia rather than action because what you're doing there is the belief is that unless these exact things are in place, I won't succeed. The reality, of course, is, and we all know this, don't we? You don't need a website in order to be a successful coach. You don't need a logo. You don't need the right font to be a successful coach. And it's really interesting how we can put these preconditions in front of any action that we're wanting to take. So it's a way, it gives us wriggle room. It's a way to get us out of having to act. Now, it's interesting because when we say to ourselves, look, I work best under pressure, I work best for a deadline, you know, sometimes that might be a strategy that has worked really effectively for you throughout your life. You have perhaps when you're at school left things to the last minute, you've written that essay the night before it's due, the same at university, perhaps even with projects at work. When it comes to coaching and when it comes to other areas of your business, your life, your career, there is an inherent stress in that, isn't there? So what you really want to do is be thinking, does this strategy still work for me to have that deadline, to have that pressure, that level of eustress versus distress, so positive motivational stress versus the stress that kind of has us reaching burnout levels? Is that a strategy that works for you? And if it is, absolutely, then you know that that works and you can continue to do it. But if it's putting you in a position where you're getting close to burnout, where you're not actually achieving things because as you 
are getting as you're getting older, as you're doing more things, you're becoming, I guess, um, more sensitive, more um, picky about this has to be exactly right, or I'm not going to do it. Then that's time to have a look at it. That's time to have a look at whether those beliefs, those decisions, are helping you or hindering you. And if you're discovering that actually, you know, unless you have your you know, everything set out exactly right, you have your morning coffee at the same time, etc. then you're not going to work, well, then that's not helping you. That is not conducive to you getting things done. So it is absolutely procrastination. Now, the seventh belief and the final one we're going to explore today is that it must be easy or it's too hard. So it's interesting when we think about achieving anything of substance, anything, any big project in our lives, then sometimes it can seem like it's too much, like it's overwhelming. There's so much to get done. There is so much to do. So we think to ourselves, okay, well, how do you eat an elephant? We think of that big thing as this elephant in front of us. And it's like, where do I even begin? Well, how do you eat an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. And I think procrastination can very easily kick in when we view the whole task as being too big, as being too hard to tackle, as thinking, oh, I haven't got the energy or the time for this. Um, It should be easier. Notice those shoulds creeping in there too. And what happens when we think about a task being too big is that we do nothing. Say, for example, you're moving house and you look around the whole house and you think, oh my gosh, there's so much to pack. I don't even know where to start. And so you order in some boxes and some tape and some bubble wrap and then you sit and you they arrive and then it's a couple of days or even maybe a week before you even think about where to begin, before you even think about assembling one of those boxes ready for you to start packing. So how do you begin a task like that is you start one room at a time. You might start, for example, with the kitchen or with your office or with one of the bedrooms. And so you break it down into smaller steps and you reward yourself for those micro achievements. So when you put those labels on those boxes, you you know, put all your books into, into boxes, then you reward yourself. Go out for a walk, have a glass of wine, have a cup of coffee, whatever it is. That enables you to make progress. That is what starts momentum. Action breeds action. And then as you see those achievements, and in this example, of course, they're very visual uh, because you can see the boxes that are packed and the empty shelves around you, then that spurs you on to take more action. So I really want you to think about, you know, have you got a project that you're wanting to start that you see almost as insurmountable and it see as being too hard for you to tackle? What smaller bite-sized chunks can you break that down into so that it is manageable and so that you can really relish and enjoy the sense of satisfaction that comes when you achieve it, when you take action? Because the enemy of action is actually inertia. Inertia, once we move out of inertia, once we start taking action, then you're on the right track. (laughs) right? Once you start taking action, it all flows and we take more action and more action and more action. So I want you to think about how do you procrastinate? Has has this resonated with you? Do you recognize some of these beliefs that you hold that you want to change? 
And my question to you is what beliefs do you have that you need to change in order to achieve the goals and dreams that you desire? Make a note of them and I look forward to next week's episode where we'll discuss this in more detail and how to shift some of those beliefs that you have. Now, this week's adventure for 52 Adventures to Change Your Life is to start a journal. Do you keep a journal as part of your daily routine already? Um, If so, if you've already got a journal, well, this week's challenge is really to reinvigorate your relationship with that, with that journaling practice, because I know sometimes people will start and they'll do a few days or a week and then they'll stop. And then they recognize that when they go back to journaling, that it really has a positive impact on their day, on their lives. So over the next seven days, I really want you to commit to journaling Uh, It's a wonderful way to express your dreams, your thoughts, your ideas, emotions and desires and you can track your progress as well towards what you want in life. Now I've been journaling regularly for many years and it's so inspiring for me when I go back and reread journal entries and discover just how far I've come in making all of my dreams in my life and my business a reality. So what I want you to do this week is I want you to grab your journal if you've already got one and commit to doing some kind of journaling practice every day for the next seven days. Or if you're new to journaling, you can go and buy a journal and start recording your thoughts. I mean, I'm a stationary addict, so I have lots of journals. Um, And you can start to, you know, really record your thoughts and just take time every morning or evening to write in your journal. And then you can also use a computer. So you can just create a folder on your computer and you can journal by typing it out. You can use a remarkable pad uh, to do it. You can online journal as well. So there's um, sites like penzu.com so you can create and maintain your journal there. Whatever you do, today's challenge in our 52 Adventures to Change Your Life series is to journal consistently for the next seven days. And in fact, you may even want to journal on those beliefs, on how you're procrastinating, on what's happening for you when it comes to your beliefs that are keeping you stuck rather than helping you to move forward. Have a wonderful week, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and I look forward to chatting you again with you again next time. Bye for now. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the Mindset Coach Podcast. Remember to join us next week for another episode and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review if you've loved it. Share it with your friends. And I really look forward to learning how you're implementing the tools and techniques that you're learning here. Mindset is everything.